Hi, and welcome to Fat Mascara. So it's me, Jen, and my co-host. It's Maya. Hi, guys. <laughs> That's Maya Allen. She is the beauty editor at Mary Claire. So yes, I used to work with her, and she's going to play co-host with me for this episode. Are you, are you ready? Can I just say how hype I am? Can, I am an avid Fat Mascara listener. She picked up her camera and started filming when she walked in the studio. <laughs> Jen, this is major. <laughs> you can do this. It's going to be fun. So Maya and I are going to do a little bit at the top of the show, the beauty news of the week, as usual. Um, then we're talking about fashion week. And if we really need to focus on the trends anymore as beauty editors, because does anybody really do that stuff in the real world? And then we have a good listener question that we're both going to answer uh, before our interview. And the interview is Miss Christy Dash, who works over at Instagram in fashion and beauty partnerships. I just realized, Maya, this is like power episode I, of like. I am beauty. honored. I just saw Christy at Pat McGrath two weeks ago. Well, She's there you go. Incredible. It's perfect. All right, you ready, guys? Let's get into it. So it's time for the beauty news of the week. Maya's in a supporting role. I'm going to do my anchor thing and share everything with you guys. First up, Shea Mitchell is a new face of Cacharelle Yes I Am fragrances. That's not a huge line in the U.S., but I think we're going to be seeing more of it here. And they're also thinking about expanding into color. So starting in March, I believe it is, she will be in the campaigns for Yes I Am Fabulous fragrance. Now, bear with me, Maya, you two, and the listeners. Mm -hmm. We're going to veer into something like Gen Science Corner, the next headlines. <laughs> okay. So Japanese company Hero International have claimed they made a CBD extract that's molecularly similar to the kind of cannabidiol you get in hemp plants, but they actually made it from orange peels. So this means there's no chance of it containing THC. And you're probably thinking, why do that? Why not just get it from hemp? Right. That's what Maya's thinking. That's so interesting. Right. What? So it's because THC is actually banned in Japan where this company is based. So if they want to get in on the CBD skincare trend, mm -hmm. they had to do a workaround. So now they have this orange peel extract. My only thought that we need to look into is a lot of people think CBD is effective only when it's combined with THC for like a synergistic effect. Right. So not clear yet if this will be as effective. And as Jess and I have often talked about on the podcast, not clear even if topical CBD is all it's hyped up to be. Honestly, I haven't found one that works for me yet. Well, there you go. <laughs> you heard it from Maya. Um, in other news, I science I want to, news, though. I want to. In other science news, the European Commission has classified a new ingredient as potentially carcinogenic. It's powdered titanium dioxide, um, and it could be carcinogenic. They call it Category 2 if you inhale it. So the thing is, in cosmetics, you're not there's not a big chance of inhalation except for powders. Like think about sunscreen powders, right. loose face powders sometimes mm -hmm. have that. Um, so no news yet on what the U.S. is going to do in response to this. But uh, our friends over in Europe should be on the lookout for that news and how it might affect their cosmetics. And last, Maya came in <laughs> hot. She's like, I've got news. <laughs> and it is that Olay said they're going to be banning retouching in all their campaigns. Yeah, which I feel like is major considering Olay is such a historic beauty brand and they are hopping on this entirely unfiltered, unretouched movement. And I, it's so cool. Busy Phillips is the main campaign star and all of her images are so fresh and clean and just 
looking like a real woman. I'm pretty impressed because I know CVS did that a while ago, but mm-hmm. Olay is also known for their um, anti-aging, wrinkle-erasing products. So totally. it's cool to see women with all their spots and wrinkles and glory. I love it. I want to see more of it. We love to see it. We love to <laughs> see it. Congrats to Olay on that. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing. The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it a perfect two-in-one for me. Totally, the scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's cold press cacay oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love. But to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beige Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks. It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Cherosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragon fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, mm, 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 sheer. You can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body. There's no rules. And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code mascara10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code mascara10 for 10% off. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, next up, I want to talk about Fashion Week. (gasps) Fashion Week. Okay, so right now, when this episode comes out, we're going to be sort of in the middle of the European shows. Mm -hmm. New York wrapped two weeks ago. We saw some stuff in Italy already. 
My question I wanted to ask Maya, who is a beauty expert like Jess and I, is this. Does it really matter what beauty looks are going down the runways anymore? Like, do you think those trends are translating to things people will actually do? Absolutely not. Oh, (laughs) she is definitive. Really? Why? Well, this is the thing. From a beauty lens, I think Fashion Week, I have a deep appreciation for the artistry. I think it's a moment to see very, you know, couture, high-end looks being supported by these designers. And, you know, it's very aspirational. Mm -hmm. However, I think women are looking for things that they can just do themselves, that they can... You know, I don't really think they're looking to the runways as much. And what about, like, the derivative of it? Like, in the fashion realm, you'll see something on the runways, Mm -hmm. and then it sort of gets watered down and changed slightly. It's like that famous Devil Wears Prada scene where she's like, we'll be seeing this in two years in, like, H&M or whatever. Right. So even if, like, I'm thinking of some New York Fashion Week stuff, there was all these adornments everywhere, right? Which are beautiful and look beautiful in photos, right? Like what Fashion Week is for. I think Fashion Week has evolved into this stunning social moment. We see videos on Instagram. We go backstage. We do social takeovers. And there's tons of engagement on social. However, in terms of trends, I don't necessarily think anymore, sadly, that they're powering 2020 makeup and hair trends. So you don't think like, you know how Erin Parsons, she did all those studs on the skin and the hair at, yeah. um, what was it at? Dion Lee, I think. I think so. And so could you, but could you see maybe like, oh, maybe we'll do round studs on nails and there'll be some other mm-hmm. version showing up. And then there was Jessie Marjan who was at yes. Alice and Olivia and everyone loves her cool hair clips and her hair bands. And she was incorporating some of her products, I think, and I think that feels, you should also put crystals like directly on right. the hair and on that the part lines. That feels more wearable to me. Um, I think honestly, beauty these days knows no bounds, right? Yeah. Like, if you're if you want to take inspiration from the runway and then sit in front of your mirror for a million years and have at it, do you, girl? However, <laughs> I don't think I think real women are truly not following New York Fashion Week. Or, or or any, as far as beauty goes. As far as beauty goes. Yeah. No, I think they're double tapping on the photos and then moving on with their lives. I, I, yeah, I kind of agree because I think about looks that I had seen, like the the barrettes that had the words with um, rhinestones. That was a trend like last year. Totally. Um, or other things. They all kind of started yeah. on social, from not. A, from a digital perspective. Yeah. Even when I was at Cosmo a few years ago and we would cover Fashion Week, our strategy was let's talk about the weird, quirky, crazy moments, right? Let's talk about the unexpected moments. That's what would perform well digitally and bring in But it's not necessarily servicing people because it's not like, here's how to do crystals in your hair. Maybe I'm just a super duper millennial, but I do feel like the service of Fashion Week when it comes to beauty has sadly lost its sauce. I have... Like sadly lost its sauce is like a song you need to write. (laughs) But I do think that there's such a deep appreciation for the artistry. So seeing, you know, Tom Pichot or like whoever backstage creating these epic beauty looks is very cool. And it gives social and buzz. Yeah. And I think people like being behind the scenes and, yeah. and, and having an inside looks, which is why it's evolved into such a huge social moment. And it's so cool to blow it out in that way. However, writing up, 
you know, trends and framing it in a way of like, this is what's pushing the culture forward would feel inaccurate for me. To me, it's like about real women and what they're doing in their everyday lives. When people (laughs) ask me anymore, what's the beauty trend? I cannot even say because I'm like, it's what you want to do as far as that goes. I agree. Honestly, even quote unquote beauty trends sort of makes me cringe, which is a bit controversial to say as a beauty editor because I have to write about trends all the time. But even when I ask celebrities and when we interview people about what beauty trends they love, people get turned off by the word trends. They say, I don't follow trends. I just do me. And I think there's something to be said about rewriting those rules and honestly just expressing yourself however you see fit. I think a lot of people are pulling inspiration from, like we said, everyday lives, real women, Instagram, yeah. regular women on Instagram, celebrities we love and yeah. we stand. However, Fashion Week, it's honestly artists supporting the designer and their vision. So even when I am going backstage and we're asking these people and interviewing them, a lot of it is in collaboration with the clothing and the yeah. message of the designer, as you know. Like so, an art exhibit almost or something like right, that. Right, which I think is is beautiful and it's important. Um, it just, it has this aspirational tone that doesn't necessarily resonate as much with real women today. Yeah, I will end on this as far as trends when people ask me about them. I can say there's still product trends. Like, oh my God, there's so many sheet masks right now or CBD things. But as totally. far as looks go, I agree with you. Okay, so next up we have a listener question. Here it is. Hi, ladies. My name's Natalie, and I live in Chicago, Illinois. My question is, I will buy a lipstick that I think is nude uh, or a lip liner, and I will put it on, and it skews orange on me. Happens to me uh, more often than I care to admit. Anyways, looking forward to your thoughts. Love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Maya, as my guest, I'm sure you have thoughts on this one. Oh, yeah. Lip liner is an uncharted territory. No one talks about it. It's tricky, right? So I feel like she's getting at a bigger conversation that we should probably have. My guess is that she's looking for a nude lip liner, right, that matches her skin tone Mm -hmm. of her lips. And the thing is the nudes. It's hard as hell to find a nude lip liner. Honestly, they were one shade fits all for so, so like long. Like up until maybe two years ago, if mm-hmm. you said nude, which this pissed me off, it was like this weird peachy beigey pink. Oh my gosh. I can't even recount how many times I put on a hard quotes nude <laughs> lipstick or a liner and it was so ashy. Oh, and we should probably tell, skin tone. We should probably people tell people your skin tone since this isn't video. Oh yes. Okay. I am a black woman <laughs> with a deep complexion. I'd say like I'd categorize it, you know, chocolate. Okay. I have a deep complexion and finding a nude lipstick or lip liner has always been a feat. And I share the same story as so many women of deep, warm to medium complexion. And so Natalie also was talking about it going orange, which makes me think she's probably a fair-skinned woman. Yes. But they often have the same problem because for some reason, a lot of the the fair-skinned nudes, to me, tend to go peachy orange. And I think this is what the issue is. The companies are sort of looking at the skin color, not the lip color. Yes. So they made these like skin-colored liners. Oh, yeah. So what color are your lips when there's no lipstick on them? Not the same as your skin, right? No. They're they're not the same. (laughs) They're – it's like I have pinky lips, honestly. But – 
I feel like there's been all this evolution with shade ranges in terms of foundation, which is phenomenal. It's amazing that we are doing that now, but lip liners have been left out and lipsticks are just now getting there in terms of nudes and neutrals. Right. It's a lot of trial and error because what if you want an ombre gradient, you know, neutral lip and you want to kind of go 90s knee along and have like a darker lip liner and a lighter lipstick. Which is how also a lot of women's lips look naturally. Right, which is pretty. That's actually what I love to do and then just blend it in with my hands. So I I feel like we have to give a little bit of advice here because I have done so much research on nudes for myself and I'm being like an olive complexion woman. Mm -hmm. My lips are actually kind of bluey. They have like a bluey undertone. They look Mm -hmm. mauve. Yeah. So mine have a red undertone. Right. So my first advice to to Natalie would be don't look at your skin color. Don't look at the pencil color. Like isolate just your lip color. I tried this as a home as a tip. I took a piece of loose leaf paper. So just like the circle hole was on my lip. So there was white around it. Yeah. So then I could really see what the lip color was not next to the skin, if that makes sense. I love that. I'm going to try that. So I did that. um, And I was like, oh, this is a good way to isolate it. And I think you should do something like that. Maybe even snap a picture, then go to the store and try and match that color without having to see your skin tone next to it. Um, My personal... So let's talk about some picks of like good lines for Mm -hmm. lip liner. I um, I like Charlotte Tilbury's new... Uh, lip liner. She did like a pillow talk medium intense. This actually gets at what you were talking about. She she expanded, right? She did. And she has this 90s neutral lip liner that's so good. It's beautiful. And it works on my complexion. And they don't oxidize and skew warm. Mm -hmm. And they blend really easily. Sometimes I find that the textures of lip liners, I have to really moisturize or else they'll feel really chalky and, and dra- dry. draggy when they when they go on. So we like uh, Charlotte Tilbury. I also am a big fan of NARS. I know they're a little pricey, but um, they tend to have a bluey mauve undertone. They're pink colors. Yeah. And I think that's good. I also, if you want to go mass. Yeah. I know Milani has a lot but for me, they're still really kind of warm sometimes, mm. though I tend to – I love that brand otherwise for lip stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would send her also to NYX. I was just going to – No, you were not. I love – well, first off, I love all of NYX lip <laughs> products. That's my favorite beauty product that they carry. They do lips so well. Yes, but let's be real. Maya's always doing a red lip. Ugh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm wearing one right now. So you like NYX lip <laughs> – But yeah. my most favorites of all time are – MAC Chestnut Liner. It's like an OG, OG shade. I've been using it since high school. I don't know why I didn't think of MAC. Of course, MAC too, because they have so many shades. Yeah, and their chestnut shade in particular is so beautiful and just blends with so many neutrals. Okay, for your skin tone. For my skin tone. Mm -hmm. I also love this brand called Minted Cosmetics. and Of course. They make such incredible products for women with deeper skin tones, and they have a whole range of nudes that are of all different shades, and they're so incredible. And I've found so many that work for me. I've sent them to, like, so many friends of my complexion, and they've loved them as well. It's minted with an E in it, right? Yes. I know, because I was like, I should probably spell it out. Sounds like minted. <laughs> I know which brand you're talking about. Yeah. Which is a good a good point to end on, that um, – the thing you're looking for is options. If a brand says it has three nude lip liners, 
Yeah. You might want to go like NYX has 34. Totally. I know. Like go go to the store with your little loose leaf in your picture. Yeah. And a new very chic option. Have oh, you tried me. the one from Victoria Beckham Beauty that goes with oh. her bitten lip tint? You it's really good. And there aren't that many shades. But mm-hmm. I remember you came back from that event mm-hmm. and you were really into, I forget what shade yours was. Do you know your shade? Well, the bitten lip tint. It's like br- it's, that's an, that's, that's a, a universal shade. Truly I don't universal. remember off the top of my head which lip which liner pencil. worked, but I believe a few of them worked for me, and I was like, "Go, Victoria! Good Love job, you, Victoria! Spice for and, looking out." <laughs> and that tint that Maya mentioned, it's like it's weird. It's sheer and. It looks brown, like straight up like chocolatey brown, yeah. but it goes on this weird neutral way on like everybody. I remember Taylor at our office used it. She's fair. I'm medium. You're dark. It looked good on everybody. Yeah. Girls were like going crazy in the DMs over yeah. there. So, okay, we'll put links to everything we just mentioned on the website for Natalie. I know we went off a topic a little bit, but I hope we answered your question and gave you some tips and everybody else too. I don't know if the invitations have started coming in for you, but we're about to enter what I like to call, what kind of underpinnings should I wear to your wedding season? That's right. We probably all have some cute new dresses for weddings and events coming up this spring. And I'll tell you what needs to go under them, honey love. I am not about to squeeze my way through another person's wedding in uncomfortable shapewear that rolls up. I got the honey love super power short. Full disclosure, I also wore it on New Year's Eve because I had on sequins and I wanted everything to lay smooth. And that's what Honey Love does. The Super Power Shorts have targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts without squeezing your curves, and you won't have to worry about the waist rolling down thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. The Honey Love Super Power Short also gives your butt a nice lift. The shorts have these built-in boost bands that give everything a subtle, comfortable, let's just say boost. We're not talking unbelievable plastic surgery levels of butt lifting, just a little zhuzh. And as you know, Honey Love has more than just sculpt wear. They have incredibly comfortable bras. How many times have Jess and I talked about the bras? They also have tanks, leggings, everything you need for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them that we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara. Move with confidence thanks to Honey Love. Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing. The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it perfect two-in-one for me. Totally. The scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's cold press cacay oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love. But to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beige Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks. It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Cherosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragon 
fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, mm -mm -mm, sheer. You can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body. There's no rules. And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code mascara10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code mascara10 for 10% off. Guys, I have to admit it, I like a little bit of luxury, but I don't want to just buy one luxurious item. I want to buy several things. And that's where Quince comes in. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach so I can buy a couple of things. Yeah, you don't like a little bit of luxury. You like a lot of bit of luxury. Okay, it is what... a lot. I guess I, you're right, you're right. Load up your cart though at Quince. It's totally fine. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk. They partner direct with top factories so they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings along to you and us. And me, for example, I mean, how many things have I bought from Quince? My latest acquisition is the European linen sheet set. I wanted to jump on that whole linen sheet trend. I want to just feel like Cleopatra. And they have so many great colors. It's breathable, feels luxurious, but doesn't cost luxury prices. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash fatmascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash fatmascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fatmascara. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash fatmascara. It's time for the interview, and I'm actually not on it. Jess recorded this interview before she left for maternity leave with Christy Dash. So Christy works at Instagram in beauty and fashion partnerships, but she's also had a career in magazines. She was a beauty editor for many years at Lucky, Allure, CR Fashion Book, and others. And she's done digital consulting for brands like Hearst and Vogue. It's a great interview. I'm sorry I wasn't there, but I know you guys are going to enjoy it. And then afterwards, stay tuned because Maya's going to be back on with me to do Raise a Wand. I want to hear from your from your lips. What what is your job? Because it didn't exist like seven years ago, maybe even five years ago. Like what what is your job? So how do you explain it to like your you know elderly relatives? <laughs> that's that's it, what I want to know. Okay, so I work at Instagram on the beauty partnerships team. So technically, I sit on the fashion partnerships team under Eva Chen. Who, if you're listening to this, there's a very likely chance that you know who yeah. Eva is. Um, but what the partnerships team does at Instagram is essentially serve as a resource to top accounts on Instagram. So that can mean public figures, celebrities, influencers, brands. And because I focus on beauty, that encompasses, you know, top beauty brands, influencers. Um, I also work partly in fashion as well, but primarily beauty because that's my background. So I answer a lot of questions, probably the ones that we'll be talking about in this podcast today. <laughs> I answer them a lot. Um, I will do a lot of meetings one-on-one -on -one to just make sure that we are answering anyone's questions, concerns, but also educating them on new features um, awesome. and features they might not know about yet. Um, but then the other kind of fun, lesser-known part of my job Please. that I love is that we also serve as – an advocate for the industry for the broader Instagram team. And so as we're building new features, I want to make sure that they're interesting to 
my partners, which is why partners is mm. it sounds very big, the word partnerships, because most of the time that means we're doing formal brand partnerships, but mm. that's not what it is at a tech company. Um, it is like exactly what I explained, like that source of education and whatnot. Um, but for example, if we're launching something like IGTV, I want to make sure that it's going to be exciting to the beauty community. And so we actually do do a lot of feedback sessions um, where brands can talk directly to our product teams building the features, which is really cool. And they'll say, like, I hated this. This didn't work. Or can you? Yes. So it really is like a conversation between the brands that you work with and like Instagram as a larger team. Yes. And kind of being that liaison. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Next question. How the hell did you get this job? (laughs) (laughs) Great question. So... Well, Jess, for the listeners at home, (laughs) my entire career was in magazine editorial. And so we know each other simply just through the magazine world. Yeah. Um, But I was coming up through the industry right as social media was becoming a thing. And so I kind of became a really natural part of my job. So I interned all around like basically name a magazine and I interned there. I was mm-hmm. one of those psychopaths in college who same, did same. a million internships. Where'd you go to school? I, know I went to Pace know. University downtown. Yes. And okay. so at Teen Vogue, I was an intern and I met Eva, who is now my boss. Um, and she's kind of been my fairy godmother throughout my career. Um, I ended up assisting her at Lucky when she was editor in chief there. And then I ended up moving on to Allure. And again, this is when Instagram's like really taking off. And even other social media platforms, too. So I kind of just started mm-hmm. taking over our channels, especially at Allure, um, because, you know, more than anyone else, the life of a beauty editor is insane. And there's so much that people don't see on the pages of a magazine, especially you know, as the books continue to shrink, it's like you have yeah. like a tiny paragraph to explain this insane experience that you went to. Um, and it was so fun for me to share it on social media. Did people get it? Were they like, oh, there's Christy with her little like cell phone? Like, or were <laughs> they like, oh, crap, like this is the future? It's so funny you asked that. I don't feel like I've been asked that in an interview ever. I'm and a it very totally good journalist. It, you are. It totally <laughs> was like, oh, there's Christy with the cell phone taking selfies. Yeah, completely. But I felt really strongly about it. And I just knew I was young enough to know it was going to be the thing. And so I kind of pursued it with both passion, but also ease where I just knew what I was doing because yeah, it came naturally yeah. to me. And so, yes, I was definitely looked at as the girl who was taking selfies. Um, <laughs> but I will never forget, and especially for the beauty nerds listening, I was at Allure while Linda Wells was there. And I remember when selfie sticks were a thing. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they still are a thing, but not really. They're I like wish heavily I had looked one on my last upon. vacation. Yeah, they Makes are quite easier. useful. But I was kind of playing around with them ironically. Like I was not in any way being like, guys, selfie sticks are the thing. We all need to be like, yeah. that's not at all what I was trying to do. But um, I remember showing Linda Wells like what a selfie stick was and taking a selfie with her with the selfie stick for our oh my Snapchat God, account. At the time, it was iconic. You've got to get, you've got to get us that photo. So then Eva went to, uh, after Lucky, I know she did some other things in between, yep. but then she went to Instagram, Facebook slash yes. Instagram, same company, right? Yes. And then she plucked you. She plucked me. And I'm just so grateful. How are the brands, and I'm just naming these brands. These are not necessarily the brands that you mm-hmm. want to like cite, but like, you know, I think of Too Faced, Becca, like all of these like very like hot on social media brands. How has it evolved? Well, there's two different types of brands. There are the digital native brands, mm-hmm. like you said, that were born and raised 
in this digital age. And so I think a lot of the brands that we think of as being quote unquote Instagrammy were born in the Instagram age, like the glossiers and ways of the world. But in in terms of the way it's evolved, so still like my job is, again, to just be a source of education. Um, And so I do do a lot of meetings with brands. Um, We also do a lot of scaled education sort of master classes because at the end of the day, there's one of me for the entire beauty industry. I do have a powerful man. I mean, it's scary. No, it's great. It's really scary and it stresses me out. But (laughs) I do have a colleague in the West Coast who Uh works with creators. I work with, um, especially from my magazine background, I have relationships with a lot of the makeup artists and hairstylists and um, certain influencers that come from a little bit more of an editorial fashion lens. So I, I still work with them. But I do have someone on the West Coast helping with creators. But for the most part, it's like me for all beauty brands globally. And so we do a lot of scaled education because at the end of the day, most brands have the same 10 questions. You know what I mean? And so it's like, how do I get more followers? How many times a day should I be posting? What's IGTV? What are the new features? But in terms of how we work with them, it's it's pretty much the same. Although with the launch of Instagram shopping, that has become a little bit more of an involved process. Like the ads where it says like shop now? Like um, that kind of thing, so... Or? So there's two types of Instagram shopping out there right now. Um, And for those of you who follow a lot of beauty brands, you may or may not have realized this, but you might have not because it should feel really seamless, like not that much has changed um, in terms of the way everything looks. Um, But shopping on Instagram launched a few years ago. Most brands have that activated. The thing that you tap and you you click to buy. click to buy, and it takes you to their website to then purchase. Yes. But... The new version of that is something we're calling Instagram Checkout, where you can purchase the product directly within the app without leaving the website or without leaving Instagram. So, and this is available now, right? This is available now with honestly, there's not that many beauty brands on it yet. We're still in a pretty closed testing phase. But that's an example of something that I've been working on um, to make sure that it's, you know, a really great group of brands because we want to make sure the first impression of this new feature is great. Um, So, for example, like brands like Anastasia Beverly Hills, Pat McGrath, Beauty Blender just got on a few days ago. It's like um, a mix of high, low, fashion, beauty, creator-led, traditional, just to kind of see mm-hmm. what ends up sticking. Um, but I've been involved in those discussions. Okay, too, so, cool. so your, your job is like, you know, it's not just being cute and like putting, you know, taking <laughs> photos in the tiny room. Like you are actually like dealing with technology. I'm not supposing that you're like a tech geek, but like you have a tech job. I have a tech job. It's wow. much different from editor days. That's um, cool. And I've also had to learn about e-commerce because of all this shopping sure. stuff, which kind of scary but so learning. talking about changes there is an influencer who i i like a lot and she was she did the a post recently just about like the challenges of like the past year and she was she said like with you know the algorithm changed and i was like th- this was definitely like a momentous thing that like people are posting about like remember when the algorithm changed what the hell is the algorithm okay so I'm sure you remember the momentous momentous occasion when Instagram changed their feed to this algorithm feed that's not chronological. So we right. actually internally call it feed ranking. We don't refer to it as the algorithm, okay. but that doesn't sound as sexy to everybody else. So they're <laughs> going to continue calling it the algorithm. But technically, 
it's based off of how the feed is ranked. So what we found is that on average, people were missing roughly 70% of their Instagram feed. And that is because people follow more accounts than they ever right. did. Right. So when you think about it, every month I feel like I end up following at least, I don't know, a few new people. Over the years, how on earth are you supposed to see every single thing that every single person is posting on your Instagram feed? It's impossible. Right. Yeah. So we, we found that people were missing about 70% roughly. And so if you're going to see 30% of your feed, we wanted to make sure it was the most relevant to you based off mm. of pretty normal signals like knowing that if you're liking certain posts, if you're watching their videos, if you're commenting, like all these signals add up to show that you care about that person and therefore they will be ranked higher in your feed. So now, I'm that not doesn't mean see my coworker from like five years ago who like only posts pictures of her like child. You shouldn't as long as you're not liking and commenting. Yes, but I see like tons and tons of like I'm like very into I can't fit into it right now but like very into like Love Shack Fancy and literally like every other post is like a new dress right so it shows that you're heavily engaged and therefore we'll see their content (laughs) I want to be I'm just too big right now (laughs) I feel you I feel you but I think the misconception is that we're hiding posts yeah we're not hiding any posts they are there if you scroll down far enough but the reality is that you're not going to unless you spend all day every day scrolling scrolling away got you got you um and we know there are those people um we have to talk about this like removing likes thing it hasn't happened Mm -hmm for any accounts I follow, Mm -hmm. but I keep on hearing that the threat is imminent. First and foremost, this test that we're running where we hide likes, likes aren't going away. So you as the poster of the Mm. content can see the number of your own likes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a misconception. Big misconception. Um, And obviously, if we end up rolling this out, we now know to do better education on what it actually is. But Yeah, way to bury the lead, (laughs) Ivy. Well, I wanted to know what your thoughts were before explaining. But first and foremost, likes aren't going away. You still can actually like people's content. They can see that you as a person liked it. And you can see your own like counts. You just can't see other people's. Oh, that's fine. I don't care. That's fine with me. You like that? Yeah, yeah. I I like that. <laughs> I I don't. You know, I think that yeah. Because if you're if the reason why so many people put things out, and I don't mean a girl in a bikini. I just mean, you know, anyone with a business. It's like they want to know do people like it. So yeah, that, it seemed kind of anti productive. But right. now I understand what you're talking so about. So you can see your own. Um, correct. Um, Okay. Can I just say, though, I think the thing we haven't really touched on with that is that hands down the reason that we are testing this is to put our stake in the ground around everything mental health related. Okay. Yeah. Like like, like bullying or like or just like the addiction to attention. Both. Both. Oh, that's a nice segue to my next question. So the media landscape has rewarded people who are really good on Instagram. The people who are kind of like the loudest voices in the room are the ones who are are successful on Instagram. And we know that Instagram, like, you know, like it or not, listeners, like it's a tremendous part of our culture. Tremendous. It, it rocked like, you know, how we see ourselves and celebrities and get news, all that stuff. The fact that this medium lends itself to people who are willing to like show everything and like 
you know, speak out like about everything makes me Rick very uncomfortable. Am, am I just being resistant to change or do you think that I have a misperception about Instagram? One thing that's interesting to note, and I'm sure you've noticed this based off of even, I think oversharing as a trend is yeah. one thing. Yeah. And there's no doubt that that's happening right now. And I am with you. I think that is a little bit scary. But I think the other side to it is that is actually really positive. And I'm not just saying this because I work at Instagram. No, no, no. I see, I see it both ways. Well, I'm not people like a want hater. real people. And I think mm-hmm. that's really exciting, especially with the next generation. Even if you look at the influencers that teens care about, they're so much more normal, which I hate that word, but like they're just real people. We know yeah, I know what you're saying. And yes, like maybe they're oversharing about certain things and that gets them attention. But I think it actually is coming from a place of, oh, wow, you're just like a normal girl like me going through crazy stuff. So it's like the culture of like relatability that is kind of in tandem with the rise of Instagram. I think when Instagram launched and a lot of the OG fashion girls like became these huge influencers, they were posting these insane photo shoots wearing (laughs) a ball gown in the middle of a, you know, field with a train track and they're holding a bouquet of flowers but then like also a latte and there's a rainbow behind them and it's heavily edited and it's like crazy and no one had ever seen that type of image before and it was really aspirational and they were real people being aspirational almost like in an editorial sense yeah yeah where I think after a while, people realize, okay, that's like not real life. Mm -hmm. And so they've gravitated towards these more uh, realistic people who are just being their normal selves and not trying to be someone that they're not. And I think that's a really exciting thing, especially to know that kids value that. I think like the answer is not that you need to be like to your point, oversharer on Instagram, but maybe being whoever you are. But I do think, and I mentioned this in a recent interview, you kind of do have to, you have to participate now. Like it's not, it's not something that is like for the kids or for like the oversharer narcissist. Like we had Orlando Pita on the show about three years ago. And I remember asking him, you've seen it all, Orlando. Like you, you know, rose to fame in the 90s and now you're a hairstylist competing with or, you know, in the same breath with like Jen Atkin and people who are like super big on Instagram. And he said, listen, he goes, I look at it, social media, and we'll mention this episode in the show notes as like the locomotive or like the television or like the phone. Like you cannot ignore it. Like if you don't want to participate, like knock yourself out, but you're missing out. So I love that I, he said that. You know, isn't I that, love you, Orlando. It, right? Is, yeah. it, I thought that was so brilliant because it made it unemotional and it made it very like, these are the facts. This is where the eyeballs are. If you don't want to be part of it, cool. But like the world is moving forward without you. So I think, and I hope you find this, that there is a way for like people who are not like 
hey, you know, hey like, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I made fun of hey I know a lot of you have been asking about my skincare yeah. routine. It's like it's all like, five of you. Yeah. yeah, no. I definitely have said that in my life. So like. Same. And that's fine. <laughs> I was like, touche, ouch. Well, okay. I love what Orlando said because, and this sounds a little bit cheesy, so bear with me, no, guys. No, I'm actually really cheesy. But I think the reason why I was so keen to just be an early adapter is that to me, Instagram, even more than the other social media platforms, like before I started working yeah. here, obviously, it is another mode of storytelling. And at the end of the day, like I've been an editor my whole life and it was my job to tell people stories in a creative way that kind of teaches you something about them. And now Instagram, you're allowed to do that for yourself. And yes, also it's my job of your own magazine. Exactly. And it's my job to help people find their voices and to be able to do that. And so that's, I think, the way I think about it. So you're like an editor of Instagram. No, this, mean, this is not cheesy uh, at all. I actually think that like these are really smart ways of looking at social media, which can be easily kind of like, you know, oh, it's so navel gazy or like you see her and it's like, no, it's a way of storytelling. For example, if I meet with a hairstylist who says, I'm, you know, Christy, like, I know I need to post selfies, but I really don't want to. I'm like, do not post selfies then. Like, that's not what you should be doing. You know what I mean? Can we get into some of the tips? Give us some, like, basic tenets of social media. Okay. So some of the basics right now, I think, are to think about your content. And I, I always use the word content and I'm like, oh, it's not content. It's just it's sharing not your life, sharing moment. Yeah. Okay. So um, true, we're fine true. with content. Okay. <laughs> so think about your account in a way that feels like, you know, you're creating content that feels exclusive to Instagram. So l- since we're talking about Orlando and I yeah. just used another hairstylist example, um, I do work with a lot of hairstylists. And I think people get in this rut of just posting the Getty image of their client, um, maybe zoomed in and it's kind of like, grainy because they feel like they have to post that that image that's almost like their portfolio in a way. Mm-hmm. But in reality, people want the behind the scenes version of that that only you can provide because they're seeing that Getty image all over the place. So I think behind the scenes moments are performing really well because it's something Guys, I'm, right now, Jess is taking a behind I, the scenes. Yes. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's like the lighting is bad. This is janky. Right. This is the kind and that's of thing. okay. That's Are okay. Are you sure this is okay? I promise. Especially for stories, I would say, and I can look and give you some real-time advice, but for stories, do not overthink it because people just want to feel like you're there in the room with them filming this podcast. <laughs> um, so, so, no, honestly – even if it's dark and grainy, that's fine, well, especially see, Jen for yells stories. At me sometimes when I take video because we share the password mm-hmm. for our Instagram account. And Jen, I know you're listening. I know you're laughing. She's like, that photo was like, like blurry. You're like, you need to clean your screen. P.S. Getting that iPhone 11 stat. But like, it sounds like that doesn't matter as much as for stories, at least. Right. I mean, I'm not I'm telling thinking. you to take videos with a blurry screen. Like, yes, you should <laughs> clean your your lens if you need to. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest issues that people face, especially if it doesn't come naturally to them, is that they overthink it so heavily that they end up just not posting anything. Totes. And then that's really, really bad. So okay. it's better to post something. 
and not stress too much. And I think especially in the beauty industry, we're all creatives. A lot of people come from a background where they're used to creating imagery for a different medium. And it's like, this is not the same. So abandoned perfection. Yes. Tip one. Be- uh, behind the scenes is like 1B slash. Yep. Like, no, it's a solid point. Yeah. Two. Give me more. Video, video, video. I know the media <laughs> industry has pivoted to video, but especially on on Instagram and within the beauty community, beauty enthusiasts love video. And I think something about it, it feels a little bit more tangible. And even, it, you know, with makeup looks and color cosmetics, it's like you can just see the product better. And so it's more helpful and resourceful. So is this something that should live on the grid or Instagram stories? Because I feel like a lot of people like five years ago were like, you know, you need to post two things for the grid every day. And now like there are people like who are very active on social media. I look at their grid and they haven't posted since Christmas. That's bad. So I think story behavior Mm -hmm. and the fact that people have gotten used to sharing more intimate behind the scenes moments and stories and also consuming that content has actually trickled into feed in a way that, again, goes back to what we were talking about in terms of relatability. It's like people want that aspect of raw realness yeah. in their feed too. Um, and so video and feed is equally important. And when in terms of best practices for that, people get stressed when I tell them that because they're like, oh, Christy, I'm not a video producer. I don't know how to shoot yeah. and edit and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. that's okay. It's actually better to post these short visual sort of, again, like media term, but like snackable content that feels like very loop friendly where you just want to watch it over and over and over again. And it feels like oddly satisfying in some way. Think about the, you know, the best example that everyone can immediately picture, especially if you're you're listening to this podcast, is the Pat McGrath videos where it's like instead of just the photo of her muse in her new product. It's like the face that's moving really slowly so you can really see the glisten of the highlighter on her cheekbone and what the texture of her eyeshadow is on her eye as she's moving her eyelashes back and forth. It's like that feels more thumb stopping in your feed versus just a still image. Yeah. So like a Pat McGrath kind of moment where like show that kind of shimmer, like show the movement, show the product. Okay. You can film it on an iPhone. It can be like 15 seconds long. That counts as a video. Okay. And then give me, give me one more takeaway tip. Hmm. People pay social media consultants a lot of money to get this information. I know. We're giving it to you for free. Okay. Really tactical advice that you kind of touched on is that you do have to be posting consistently. So in terms of frequency, there's no magic number. Like Mm -hmm. if I knew that if you posted three times a week, you'd be you'd grow like that's not how it really works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it is important to kind of have a rhythm so that your followers know what to expect. And so that you can, you know, when we go back to what we were talking about with the algorithm slash feed ranking, if you're not posting actively, you're giving your followers less of a chance to actually engage and therefore you could be pushed down because you don't have the material. You need the material. Yeah. I mean, if you're not posting, someone else is and then they're engaging with that account and they will be higher on their feed the next time. So I don't want it to seem stressful like you need to be posting constantly, but um, especially just because it is such a congested space. Um, I think especially within the beauty community, we all know like every day there's another beauty brand that launches, there's another influencer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You just have to be there and be a part of the conversation exactly like 
Orlando said. And the influencers, I hear a lot of talk about like the like the year of the micro influencer. And it's been like this for like three years. A, what's a micro influencer? And like, is this actually happening? <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Can happening. we define a micro influencer? Um, I can't define it in an official Instagram capacity, okay. but I would say somewhere. You know, like under 100K followers okay. would be considered a micro-influencer where mid-tier is more like 100K to 500K sure. and then beyond is like, you know, big-time influencer. But I think that brands are finding a lot of success working with micro-influencers because they have such a targeted, focused um, audience that really, really listens and cares about what they have to say. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of sales, which again, I, I don't even sit on that side, so I don't have formal numbers there, but anecdotally- Do you every day that you don't have to deal with that? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I hear a lot that working with um, micro-influencers can be a really smart way to reach um, a new audience. Um, I also think- when it comes to what we were talking about with hiding likes, mm -hmm. I've heard feedback from a lot of brands that they are starting to look less at their followers and more at the actual content, which I know sounds like a dream. And you're like, are you sure you're actually doing that? But mm -hmm. I think because there are so many of them out there now, like people are really looking at the quality of the creativity that they're using to post these images and videos and that really excites me so put some well. backbone into it put like yeah. some actual effort into not like into the type of content that you're posting yes okay be like, be creative uh, you are fundamentally a beauty person so I have to ask you like what products you're loving right now what's like in your like your your bag at all times in my bag at yeah. all times you know, the, is bliss the beautiful oh, bag God. beautiful bag I half joke about this, but if you follow me, you know that I'm obsessed with Blistex Lip Medex. That's my the product that's in my bag at all times. <laughs> Is this lip this um lip balm that I'm obsessed with? Um, but Dior Lip Glow in the berry shade is like my go-to lip. Um, Chanel Powder Compact. Like I feel like I'm constantly powdering my nose, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, Christy, you're like an old grandma." I'm like, "Yep." What else do I want to shout out? Okay, so right now I love the Benefit They're Real mascara, which mm -hmm. is not new, but I'm obsessed with it. Um, and you're a redhead now, but I know that you were bleach blonde before. What's like the biggest change between the two of them? Like Guys. either like the way you feel or perception. Guys, it's such a journey. Oh, dudes? Yeah, just – Oh, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, oh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like – Guys love my red hair. No, 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 no. I it's just been such a journey. I I still can at heart feel blonde. I'm probably gonna be blonde again soon. I, I wish can't I had decide. That I can't decide. I have naturally dark blonde hair, and so I could kind of go either way. Um, but I've been a redhead for about a year and a half. I did it as a way to transition um, because oh god. Again, I say guys too much. This is embarrassing. No, I say it too. Um, my yeah. hair was breaking so much and I just knew I had to stop bleaching it. And yeah. so I kind of always thought about having reddish hair and so gave it a try. It's been a really fun year and a half, but I think I'm going to probably be blonde soon. Oh my God, I'm losing her. I'm I know. I can't decide. Her. I love it when like cool people have red hair. It's, it's, I, I do just, too. I feel like a camaraderie. And then we're not going to let you leave without doing our fat, ma fat mascara questionnaire. It's just quick hits lightning okay. round. Okay? okay. What was the first beauty product you fell in love with? 
The first beauty product I fell in love with was probably this Dior perfume that my grandpa gave me for my confirmation. (laughs) Which sounds really funny. And I have the bottle still at my dad's house. So when I go home and there's just like a teeny bit left and I smell it and I'm like, oh, that was like the first beauty product I love. And I am a huge fragrance nerd. And so I just like, I think that started it all. I love that. Uh, Are you an introvert or an extrovert? So I go, oh, I'm supposed to answer this quickly. I go back and forth. <laughs> it's okay. I've always considered myself an extrovert, mm-hmm. but some one of my coworkers recently made me realize that I'm probably an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I just need my alone time. And so I kind of both. Same. I think Jen and I, we think that we're like, like we like our extroverts when we need to be, like we rally. Yeah. But then we have Jen coined this term. I love it. Introvert hangover. We're like, oh you know, relatable. Oh my God. If we are out like all day, like doing work stuff or like we're with like family or like traveling, it's like we need like three days. So like, don't talk to me. Uh, I'm the same, <laughs> but a big part of my job is meeting with people and I love meeting new people. And so yeah. I don't know. I go back and forth. Um, I'm throwing in this bonus one because Jen's not here and because um, I love this about you. Who's your favorite Bravo celebrity? Oh, best question. Thank you so much for asking. Lisa Rinna, hands down. Okay. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oreo. Nice. Cookies and cream or like Oreo? Cookies and cream. Okay. Um, Song that pumps you up. But like this is not sponsored by Oreo. It's cookies and cream. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, say it again. What's the song that pumps you up? Or a song? Surely there's more than one. Mm, I've been listening to a lot of classic rock, which is really – odd but i feel like all the old the spotify classic rock channels are like my go-to lately okay and then finally at the end of every show we jen and i we raise a wand and we raise a wand is kind of like here you here we love we love this product i want to know what you raise a wand to but it could be anything i'm raising a wand to the netflix series cheer what Have is cheer you... oh is this the cheerleading yes thing? it's it good is so good. I watched it. There's, It's pretty long. I think I got into it thinking it was a quick like two, three episode docuseries that Netflix does. It's like seven episodes, aka seven hours. It's docuseries? It's not. Mm-hmm. It, okay. I thought it was mm-hmm. scripted. Okay. It is so good. It's hard to explain without watching. It sounds kind of lame. It basically follows a cheerleading squad that's like apparently the best of the best and without spoiling anything um they're so talented and these kids have the most amazing stories and it's the thing i'm currently obsessed with okay check it out cheer i'm gonna be watching it on my mat leave you must okay thank you christy oh my god this thank so you fun. so much for having me i told you this earlier but i'm genuinely honored to be ah! here seriously i, I feel I like she's gonna guys. invoice me about <laughs> that consulting no <laughs> thank you thanks guys Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. It's time to raise a wand. So, Maya, you're the guest of honor. Um, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Christy Dash, by the way, because you'll get to listen to that. Um, and now it's your turn to tell us, what do you want to raise a wand to? First off, this is so hard. <laughs> this is like a beauty editor trying to pick her favorite child. Truly. What did you come up with? I'm obsessed with YSL's Libre fragrance. And okay. Lieb. Is it Lieb or Libre? <laughs> I literally need to Google the campaign video and figure out how the freak to say this. It's French, this right? Is, this is actually perfect. <laughs> Jess will love this because we have an ongoing – every time we have to say something French, we say it 52 times. So we figure in one of those iterations, we got it oh right. Oh, my gosh. So Libre, Libre. Libre. Do you even say the R? Who knows? Like I just, you just have to say it in a fancy way. East Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent Libre. <laughs> so why do you like this scent? What does it smell it like? It is so damn sexy. Ooh. It's well, first off, Dua Lipa is the, you know, face of YSL and she is the face of the campaign. And the bottle is beautiful for one. And it smells like musky, but it still has floral notes. So it feels feminine and light and not too heavy and woody. It just smells perfect. I love it. Okay, I, so confidence, but not like overpowering. Not overpowering. Not, um, you know, too intimidating either. I'm good with truly two, two um, spritz, and then I'm I'm Gucci. Like that's all I need. Well, now you just threw in another designer. I know you're using <laughs> as a word, but the YSL makes her Gucci. Yes, <laughs> it's like so it. good. I love wearing it. It's amazing. And I have a genius idea. You guys should add a segment, like, how to say it. Like, beauty to... terms. <laughs> or, like, beauty brands that are like, ooh, la, la. Am I saying this right? That's excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. Okay. Um, I'm going to raise a, a wand to a cleanser. It's Maylove. Do you know this brand? M-A-E-L-O-V-E? I actually don't. I just got introduced to it. And um, they have this thing called the Day Eraser Face cleansing oil. So I have dry skin, so I love an oil. I actually usually was using a balm before, mm. but this is sort of like the balm and the foamy cleanser in one because you pump out the oil. It just dissolves eye makeup like easy peasy, no stingy. And then if you add the little bit of water, P.S. you do that on your dry face, you add a little water, it starts to emulsify. So you still get that like clean feeling. Like, you know how sometimes with yeah. face oil, cleansing oils, you still feel like a little residue after? You feel a little like I don't know. You're you feel the slather of yeah, like <laughs> the there's texture. like a, yeah. So this is a cleansing oil. So if you have dry skin, but you still want to feel that really clean feeling, this is a good one for you. And for like a cleansing oil with some nice natural oils thrown in there, like some good ingredients. It's only eighteen ninety five. Good for name. four ounces. Day look, eraser, like the day please eraser. Please take off the day. <laughs> take off the day. Put on some my face. <laughs> then put on some lieb. Oh yeah. I <laughs> mean, joking. don't <laughs> knock fragrance in bed. I wear fragrance to bed too. Amazing. Okay. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for doing fat mascara. <gasps> Thank you for having me, Jen. This, this was, was so fun. It was awesome. 
Thanks for listening. Our show is produced by Atwill Media. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fat Mascara. Go to fatmascara.com to get a link to our private Facebook group and hit us up. If you have a beauty question, you can send it to us at info at fatmascara.com. We'd love if you send us a voice memo. We also want to hear your razor wands. Send those to the same address, info at fatmascara.com. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Just throw us some stars.